Good morning, Trinity Park. My name is Reverend Christopher Cooper, and I am the RUF campus minister for North Carolina Central University, and I am grateful to be here today. Man, I just want to thank you for inviting me. Uh, thank Corey for inviting me up here with the elders and the church. Man, it's always a blessing to come and preach the word of God to God's people. Amen. Amen. Well, as I was walking up here, I, I had my Notre Dame hat. I didn't know how I looked to have a Catholic school on my head that I've been rooting for in college football for <laughs> all of my life at a Reformed PCA church, man. And then I heard my grandmom in the background like, son, what are you doing? You cannot come up here and preach with that hat on today. So um, let us get into the word of God. First, I'm going to pray since the scripture has already been read. And then after that, we'll, we'll dig into the scripture. Amen. So let us bow our heads. Father God, grateful, grateful for the opportunity today to worship with your people in this place. Father God, I'm asking you by your Holy Spirit, do the work it is designed to do. Man, lead us and guide us into all truth, Father God, when doubts start to creep into our head. Man, be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway, Father God, because walking this road can be so hard and ways can be so dark. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, soften the hearts of men so that the word of God may be firmly rooted in our hearts so that we may become a tree producing good fruit, not for our glory, Father God, but for your glory alone. Put Chris Cooper behind the cross and allow your glory to show forth, Father, for we need you right now. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. As we get into 1 Samuel 17th chapter, just to give you a little background on what's happening, the Philistines and God's chosen people in Israel are at a standstill. There has been an agreement, right? The Philistines said, look, we don't even need to go to battle with you. We will take our best soldier, which is Goliath. We will put him in the forefront, and we are challenging you and your God, and we're saying, you give us a soldier of your liking, and if Goliath wins, then we overtake you. And at this moment, God's people are, are sitting there getting taunt by Goliath. They, they are sitting there frozen in fear. They are sitting there, and a warrior has not come up to take the challenge. As we see this playing out, David is told by his dad, Jesse, hey, I need, I've prepared a meal for your brothers, and I need you to go take the meal on the battlefield, and, and I need you to walk it down to them so that they may get some food. As David does it, I love David, man. He's probably walking, chilling, as I like to say. And as he sees Goliath taunt God's chosen people, he's like, man, who is this Philistine? I, surely someone knows and believes that this Philistine will be taken down because we have the God above all gods. And as he's walking and he takes his food, he comes into some adversity, right? First, he hears Goliath taunting his God. Then he, he, he goes to his brothers, and his brothers are upset. His, his eldest brother, which a lot of older brothers like to do, they like to establish authority. You know who I am. He, he, he basically tells David, you are trying to mock us. You are being foolish. You cannot beat this Philistine. David is like, I know I can. 
I know the God who walks before me, he, he walks with me, and I know he will defeat this Philistine, and, and everybody's looking at him like he's crazy. So finally, the word gets to the king. It gets to the king, and we're at a point in the text where David and Saul are having this conversation where David is in front of the man who supposed to be the king of God's chosen people who was in the exact same fear as his people. And as we look at this, I would like to ask you a question. I don't know about you, but we live in a world today that challenges. Many times it's like the Goliath in our life. They don't understand our view on sexuality. They don't understand our view on marriage. They don't understand our view on multiple things. And as we watch TV, as we listen to music, it seems like they are mocking our God. You can even get down into the workplace. You can even get down into, you know, within your children. We understand that every day we are dealing with some type of adversity, not only from the Goliaths in the world, but we're dealing with adversity within the structure of our families, within the structure of our relationship with bosses, and in the structure of even our own church. Within that, how do we actually keep? the faith within that adversity? How do we be like David and keep God on the forefront? How do we just continue to walk and say, God is with me? Well, we see in the text that when he gets to Saul, Saul is a prominent individual. He, he understands that the, the Lord delivers us despite our distractions. King Saul, he's the best of the best, right? He was chosen by God's people, yet he wasn't chosen by God. He had a physique that was well made. He, he looked like a king. He acted like a king. And when he saw David, who didn't have the physical attributes, when he saw that he was young, he, he had to laugh himself. How in the world are you going to kill this man, Goliath, when you look the way that you look? You, you don't even know what a warrior is. You haven't been in war. You, you haven't been tested. You haven't been in battles, man. Don't you know it looks like you are going to be defeated? Oh, how strange it is that it's coming from the king of God's covenant people. I tell this to my college students all the time. Many times the biggest battle you're going to have to get through is when God's covenant people actually are discrediting you before the fight is even about to happen. Don't you see it in today's world today? A lot of churches can't get together with churches. A, a lot of leaders who proclaim the same gospel can't agree with one another. They talk about each other. They discredit each other. Different races, different groups, they can't come together. Why? Because somebody always is discrediting the other. King Solomon who is supposed to be a follower of God, who is supposed to be an example of being a king in God's, with God's covenant people, is the same person who was telling David a coward, even though he's proclaiming, hey, God will deliver us. Now, I don't know about most people probably would have heard that and said, man, I don't want to continue to walk this walk out to this battle. I, I, I'm, I'm discouraged on every side. My, my brothers uh, don't really roll with me. My, my king don't even want to be behind me. Goliath is taunting me. He could have easily just said, man, I'm going to walk away. 
No longer is this faith walk worth it. No matter what I believe about God, since nobody has my back, maybe I should just turn away. Hey, I've been there. I know many of people in the faith have been there because of discouragement. Why am I going to keep going? David understood one thing, that the Lord is his deliverer. He understood, man. He told him, look, I know you believe what you believe. I I know you think what you think, Saul. I know that you have this concept in your mind that I'm not physically gifted, that I don't stand a chance. But what I also know is when I was a shepherd boy and I was out in the field and, and when the lions and the bears came to attack me, Saul, I knew the Lord delivered them with my hand. I knew none of the sheep were killed. I I knew as a shepherd boy that he protected us. I knew that he always made a way. See, when you check God's rap sheet, it seems like he is always undefeated. It seems like he just keeps taking you out of places. When the bear comes, he just, hey, I got that. Let me snatch it up. It's not going to happen. When the lion comes in your life, I know it roars, but guess what? His roar has nothing to do with the lion of Judah. Let me snatch that. I'll take that out of your hand. David understood that he worshiped the God that had everything in control and that when he needed him the most, he would always come through. Don't you know you serve the same God? Don't you know you serve the same God that when you were down and out, it seems like his light brightened up your darkness? Don't you know you serve the same God that when it seemed like you couldn't come together in your marriage, that God made a way for you to agree and see his glory shown? Don't you know that no matter what battle it was, God was the one who seemed to show up and deliver you? He understood from past experience that no matter what anybody says, if I trust in the Lord, he will be Deliver me. The Lord is our deliverer. The Lord is the one who covers us. The Lord is the one who guides us. The Lord is the one who loves on us. The amazing thing is Saul still knew he couldn't, like, redirect David's mind. All right, the Lord got you, David. Well, guess what? You're going to need my clothes. You're going to need my clothes. I'm the king. I got the best of everything. I got the best sword. I got the best spear. Spear. I got the best armor, right? You're going to be protected from your head down to your toes. You, you're just going to do it here. Take my armor. David puts him on. Probably can't walk in him. I knew how he feels. I'm a big guy. Some people be trying to get me double X. I'm not a double X. All right, I need a triple X, and it has to be long, right? So he probably puts it on. He says, damn, man, this is not tested. I I can't throw this on. Listen to me. God gives you your own clothes to wear. He gives you your own weapons for the battle. David didn't need a sword. He didn't need a spear. What he needed was his slingshot and his stones. God has given you exactly what you need to overcome. You must learn how to wear your own clothes. See, many times, man, because we following a great man or because we're being mentored by somebody who, who, who's fairly strong in the faith, 
We just want to look like them. We want to be carbon copies. We want to imitate. We want to put their clothes on ourselves and say, you know what? I honored that person. You know what? I, I, I gave them, you know, I, I honored them by just looking like them, by doing things the way they do. You need to come to an understanding that sometimes God didn't design you that way. Yes, you can take great things. Yes, you can allow yourself to be molded and firmly foundational in the truths that they're given to you. But guess what? God specifically uses your skill set. He specifically uses your gifts. He specifically uses the way that you fight your battles. And he gets the glory from how he has designed you. Quit trying to be somebody else. That is not how God designed you. David could have easily took that armor, tripped over his own feet, looked sluggish, looked like he can't move. Why? Because the armor didn't fit him. Let me give you an example. When I came to the PCA, maybe, what, four or five years ago now, I remember being hired as the RUF campus minister at North Carolina Central University. Now I'm from a, I just like to say a show enough, church clapping, feet stomping, African American church, a lot of hooping, hollering, you know, a lot of talking back and forth when you preach. And then I'm hired by, you know, they keep telling me the chosen frozen, but I don't, I don't. I'm hired by the PCA. That when you walk into the building, you're like, yo, what is going on? I'm just not used to it. I remember the first time they invited me to preach at Christ Central Church. The first sermon I did at a PCA church, the first sermon. I go up on stage, I kind of learn there is a way that PCA preachers preach. You just kind of learn it as you pay attention, right? probably going to give you three points. They're going to tell you the three points in the beginning. They're going to give you a history sonic thing. You just learn it. And I'm like, bro, I don't preach like that. I'm sorry. I just don't, I just don't have it in me. Right? I went on the stage of my first sermon, and I tried to tailor my sermon to the way PCA pastors preach. I'll never forget the feeling of myself while I'm preaching. It, it wasn't my clothes to put on. I'm disoriented. I'm trying to sound a certain way. I'm clearly not as passionate or into the sermon as I want to be, right? And then I see my wife on the side. She is giving me a look. A look like, what are you doing? And I remember after I was done, we get in the car. I love my wife. She is the best person in the world to me because she can just get on me when anybody else can. And as I'm going back home, she goes, Chris Cooper, if you sound like that again, we might as well go home. You might as well go right back to where you started because that is not who you are. You know what she was telling me? You tried to put on the clothes of a place that you don't come from. 
You tried to walk like them. You tried to talk like them. You tried to act like them. That is not who you are, Chris Cooper. If you can't be genuinely who you are within your own clothes, being passionate about the word of God, preaching the way you preach, then guess what? It's time to go back home. Because you're not worthy to fight that battle. Listen to me. If you ain't comfortable with your own clothes and fighting the battle, then you need to look deep inside yourself, do prayer, do supplication, and you need to go to the Lord and say, Lord, use me as I am. I need to be how you taught me to be. Because when I'm that person, then I can take my slingshot, then I can put on my own clothes, and I can go to the battle with a confidence and a swag that's beyond anything that I know. Why? Because God has blessed me through the way I am, and it showed in his record that he has still delivered me. So David is a great thing. He tells Saul, man, I can't go with these for I have not tested them. He lets them know, look, as long as I put on the armor of God, that Ephesians 6, you know, that breastplate of righteousness, right? That helmet of salvation, that peace on my feet, the shield of faith, the, the sword of the word of God, as long as I have that, if I got the prayer, baby, then guess what? I'm okay. That's the armor I really need. Then, then if I got the particular gift, some people are gifts as help. Some people have the gift of teaching. Some have prophesied. Some preachers. Some, some people have the gift of administration. If you walk in that thing, walk in that thing. As long as you're honoring God. David had an understanding of who he is, how he was, and where he was going with the clothes that God had designed for him. So now Saul is like, well, guess what? You don't need me. Just go ahead and go. And as he goes ahead and go <laughs> towards Goliath, right? The first time Goliath saw him, he does the same thing Saul does. Man, you, I'm, <laughs> am I a dog? Do, do you bring me sticks? Like, who is this young dude? Who is this dude who ain't battle tested? Who, who is this dude that Israel has sent out who looks puny, who's not nothing? Who is this dude, basically, I'm going to eat for breakfast? What he didn't know about David, well, hey, he was the same dude who was confident beyond all the adversity that had come his way. He's the same dude who had so much trust in God, he was willing to go against the king who was the example of what, you know, God's trust should be within the kingdom that he ruled. What Goliath didn't know that it was David who was the one who said, hey, bears came against me, lions came against me. It was David where God had anointed to be the next king. What he didn't know, that no matter what he looked, that David was a man after God's own heart. What he did not know was that the Lord was with David. See, if the Lord is with you, nothing can be against you, baby. If the Lord is your shield, your rock, and your protector, and he is with you, I don't care what Goliath, I don't care what adversity, I don't care what is going on in your life, you will overcome. Why? Because the Lord is with you. That is the variable. That is the beginning to all beginnings. That is the middle of all circles, baby. If you got the Lord, then guess what? You can be confident. Sometime with life, that's just hard to do. That's just hard to do. 
when life is bringing you suffering, when life is bringing you pain, when life is bringing you situations, when life has got you down to the ground and it feels like it's stepping on you, when life has made you so messed up in your mind you can't find peace, that's just hard to do. But even in the midst of that, even in your time of weakness, his grace is stronger and you can say, Lord, I'm confident because you are with me. I know from being and walking with you that you have delivered me. I know from being and walking with you that you have given me my own clothes to put on. And I know even though I'm down, even though it seems insurmountable, that I can be confident with you because you are with me. How do I know he's with me? This scripture is directly leading us to a savior. The reason we can have this confidence in in having faith through adversity is because there was a savior who walked through more adversity and more disputes and more suffering than we would ever know. There is an individual that when he came into this earth, man, and he walked into his ministry, he had more people talking about him, persecuting him, plotting against him than we would ever know. It was an individual whose friends turned their back on him. It was an individual when he needed them the most, he slept at the garden while he prayed. It was individuals who ran away instead of seeing him through this suffering, which he eventually redeemed them to come back to him and start ministries for the church in Acts. It's the individual where a whole government was against them. We need him out because he's going to start too much stuff. It's an individual who took lashes. It's an individual who took a spear in his side. It's an individual who took a crown across his head. It's an individual who walked through all of that just for us. And his name is Jesus. And there's an individual who was resurrected from the grave sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty, who sent his helper, which is the Holy Spirit, which continues to work within us to trust in the Lord at these very moments in our life. The moments when we deal with the adversities that come with trusting in him. So maybe you are that person where you seem like family is against you. Maybe you are that person where you seem like people within the covenant of God has talked about you. Maybe you are that person where people doubt your clothes, right, want to put their clothes on you. Maybe you are that person who knows this battle is the hardest thing that I'm going to go through, and you just struggle within the confidence. But let me tell you, if you are that person, you can rest in a Savior who has walked through those things for you. And he has died on the cross so that you can have strength through him to know that you can be delivered. To know that you can walk in his strength with the abilities he has given you. To know that you can be confident in him and know he is with you. And that man is Jesus. I end with what can separate us from his love right? No man, no principalities. I love that, sir. It's it's a multitude of things. It cannot separate us from the Lord Jesus Christ, right? He tells us in Psalm, right? We don't put our trust in man. 
We don't put our trust in, 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 in chariots. We don't put our trust in those things. We put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Who is the king of glory? The Lord God, strong and mighty. He's the one who fights our battles. So yes, through your time of adversity, you can have faith. And you can know that if you just rest on a Savior, just like David did, then you can conquer and get through and rest in the peace of Jesus. Let us pray. Father God, grateful again, Father God, humble by your presence, humble by your word, Father God, because it is your word that will last forever, Father God. Let the words that you have given to us as a collective body, Father God, let it encourage us, let it strengthen us, Father God, let it allow our hearts to rest in your grace, Father God, and within our shame, Father God, let us see your mercy in a different way. Let us be confident in the way you have given to us to be confident, Father God. Let us continue to trust in the fact that you have delivered us so many times and we can rest on the fact that you're undefeated, Father God. But most of all, Father God, let us seek Jesus in all that we do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.